welcome to NC Talks. In this podcast, we're reporting from Neuroscience 2016 in San Diego, California. We speak to Patricia Garces from the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, who presented at the conference her work on Zika virus and its disruption of normal cell division and differentiation. So first, please could you introduce yourself and tell us a little about your current research focuses? Hi, my name is Patricia Garces. I work as an assistant professor in the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro. And currently, so I've been working with microcephaly for many years now. So I did my postdoc in actually at NIMR in London. And later, after six years, I, w- I went back to Brazil where I established my group there. And last year, when I came back to Brazil, started the Zika outbreak and also the association with microcephaly. So I was very interested and very um, concerned because, uh, of course, microcephaly is such a severe brain malformation. And I wanted to understand more, I wanted to, to see the relationship between Zika and microcephaly. So we started with this project of direct effect. If Zika was a direct cause of malformations, because that wasn't clear before April 13. And the CDC actually concluded that Zika is causing microcephaly. So our paper came three days before the conclusion of CDC. Perhaps we contributed somehow because what we tested in brain organoids, which is a model in vitro for microcephaly, that Zika destroyed the brain organoids or actually decreases and, and shrinks the brain organoids. So we could see a cellular effect of Zika. And now what we're, we're working is a molecular effect. So, okay, we know now that Zika can disrupt growth, but how? So that's the actual, so that's what we're doing. We've been doing this past months, past months. And basically what we're doing is to understand uh, through cutting edge technology, let's say RNA-seq and also proteome, how these proteins and genes interact and how they are deregulated as well in Zika infection. Mm. And so, um, could you tell us a little more about the work that you're presenting here at Neuroscience 2016? Yes, so this is the unpublished work. That's exactly uh, this work that we identified more than 500 proteins and genes that are deregulated or altered in upon Zika infection. The system we use is a human neurostem cell system uh, where we differentiate these these cells and they start generating neurons. So that's quite interesting because that's actually one of the first things that is affected in microcephaly, the neurogenesis, the ability of these progenitors of these neurostem cells to generate neurons. So in this system is a very simple, very fast and reliable. we can assess really what's going on with this cell, which is the root of microcephaly, the, you know, it's the neurostem cell. Because all the causes of microcephaly affect this cell. So let's say the genetic causes or other congenital infections, they all affect the neurostem cell. So I think it's quite crucial to understand what's going on in this cell and, and be able to understand what is actually the virus doing there. So we saw enough regulation of many proteins related to viral replication, so it's clear that the virus conquers the cells and then starts self-replicating and that's at expenses of cell cycle progression and generation of neurons. So what are sort of the main challenges in this kind of work in this area? 
So the main challenge is now is to try to understand in a more complex environment. Let's say we're doing very simple cultures, so there is only a limited amount of cells or cell types. Now we know that microcephaly or actually we have to call congenital Zika syndrome is much more than that. We have interactions between other cell types and I think it's clear for us that there is the root of cell death or or the impact of the virus in the cell, the progenitor cell, but there is also the root of how the body responds. Yeah. Meaning like neuroinflammation, how is the inflammatory response and how this impacts as well the development. So it's quite clear that these two roots and these two roots contribute to the pathology in general. And so I think for that we have to go in a more complex environment such as yeah. in vivo and and we are started to doing that in animal models. Okay. Not all mice are susceptible to Zika and I think that's quite interesting message mm. here because as you might know only 10% or it's from 3 to 13%, some researchers say 40%, but there's a limited amount of pregnant women that is infected and also have the babies with microcephaly. So it's clear there is a susceptibility or a cofactor, let's say, that is helping or not helping. Yeah. So it's it's quite clear that there are cofactors, and maybe the immune system plays an important role, and we think. Yeah. We think that's quite important. I think that's the challenge, you know, to understand what are the cofactors as well and how the body responds. Yeah. So, what would you say are the next steps for your group or maybe for the field as a whole? As a whole, so next steps for the group, we are testing, uh, for instance, different cofactors such as um, immune system, how immune suppressed. And, and what's the link between immune suppression and uh, Zika or susceptibility of Zika infection? And I think that's what the next question for everybody is to understand this neuroinflammation we haven't um, really understood fully. And also to apply, for instance, this knowledge that we kind of uh, made it available as well, this more than novel targets, more than 500 proteins that are deregulated, they could contribute as a antiviral target yeah. because if we know now that we know how the virus replicates itself we can maybe block this mm. replication so there are many many trials trying to understand which drug works and if it works prophylactically if it works after the infection so that's yeah. the next anticipate in the next say three to five years we could see um, an, an effective vaccine for Zika? Yes, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm very optimistic about this. I mean, we have just seen this DNA vaccine being tested in mice and working really well. I suppose they are also testing pregnant mice. And I think the next step is clinical trials. So I, yeah. think, I think I'm really optimistic about because Zika, in contrast to, to dengue, for instance, dengue has four serotypes, it's more complex. Mm. Now Zika is only one strain circulating, so, well actually we have the African and the Asian, but in Brazil or in America, mm. it's only the Asian lineage, so yeah. it's good. 
um, and it's not too challenging, let's say, for the vaccine production. Mm. Although vaccine production take, I know that it takes long and mm. it has to go, of course, clinical trials. But I think, um, yeah, I hope in three years we will have this vaccine. Great. And now, just sort of to talk about the conference a bit. What's your, uh, what has been your highlight, or what are you most looking forward to seeing? Wow, well, there are many interesting <laughs> symposia and the poster session as well. Unfortunately, we don't have much of Zika going on, mm. and but I think it's normal because um, by that the time that we sent the, uh, of course, the abstract was just at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So now we see many more groups working with Zika. Mm. But I'm looking forward to my poster and yes. receiving all the questions and see and, and try to network with everybody that's working yeah. with microcephaly. I've been uh, attending to many interesting groups and uh, symposium about neurogenesis, which mm. is my field as well. Looking forward to the epigenetics as well. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. great. And, and connect as well with the public in, you know, or with um, journalists, mm. because I think it's, at least for these um, projects, it's very really important, the awareness. Mm. Um, people need to know what we know, because what we know is also limited, because it's everything very new. Mm. We have more questions than answers, of course, but I think it's good to spread around yeah. knowledge. Thank you for listening to this NC Talks podcast from Neurology Central. You can find more podcasts as well as news, journal articles, interviews and opinion pieces at www.neurology-central.com.